0: This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthWorkerCollective.com.
1: Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I'm here with some fantastic youth ministry experts. We're just gonna talk a little bit today about connecting with other United Methodist youth. And before we kind of jump into that, introduce yourself, we'll start with you, Audra.
2: I am Audra Welch Malvez. I'm on staff at Plymouth Park United Methodist in Irving, Texas.
1: Mr. Lynch.
0: This is uh, Chris Lynch. I uh, serve the South Carolina Conference as the uh, coordinator of Student Mysteries.
1: And Master Wilterdink. <laughs> there are some who call me Chris Wilterdink.
3: And I am the... <laughs> director of young people's ministries for discipleship
1: ministries of the United Methodist Church. All right. So Chris, I'm just gonna have to call you by your last names because we've got two Chris's. So (laughs) Wilterdink. You can just say W. It's shorter. (laughs) One of the first times I ever met you, I both met you And discovered something that apparently has been going on for a long time that I didn't even know existed. At that point, it was called Youth 2015, and you're the planning person for that. But I'll be honest, I had spent my whole life in ministry going to these massive youth ministry conferences in like Student Life, and there's all kinds of different ones that are not Methodist. I mean, really not Methodist. At those things, all the Methodists that were there would say, oh, why can't we do this in the Methodist church? Why, why can't we have a big event? There are lots of Methodists in the United States. What, you know, We just would lament it over and over again. Now, of course, none of us thought maybe we should Google to see if that exists. <laughs> we just would sit around and complain. And then I went to this gathering of of youth workers where you were there and you started talking about this exactly what I complained about for years this massive youth ministry conference that I had never heard of. And at that point, it was in 2015. It was Youth 2015. I end up going to that. and We can talk about that in just a minute. But I really feel like there's probably a lot of youth workers that have no idea that this happens. Can you just give us a rundown on what is this thing and what happens at it? Sure. So in a nutshell, I I don't think that your experience is unique, Jeremy,
3: and even though you came into ministry and kind of got your call through the United Methodist Church, there are a lot of folks that participate and are part of Methodist churches all over the place who might come from like a more congregational model as opposed to a connectional model. So there's a really interesting set of ministry opportunities that happen because the United Methodist Church is a connectional church. There are these large geographical, national and worldwide networks uh, that create events and ministry opportunities for a lot of different people. And the one that happens to take place for youth in the United States is called the Youth Event. Uh, And it's been called that since the very first one in 1989. And It has happened at least every four years ever since 1989. So. At one point we got on the even years, and then at one point we got on the odd years again. (laughs) But, um, But the reason that you came to the last one, which was in 2015, was that was the national conference when you got familiar with it. The next one coming up here in 19 will actually be in July. It'll be in Kansas City. And we're gonna take over the convention center that's in downtown Kansas City, and we're gonna get to do really high quality big room worship in the municipal arena that's down there. And really it's a unique experience, right? Like it really is an event where the breadth and depth of the United Methodist Church comes together. The way that we try to share information about it is uh, that it's really a place for the diversity of the United Methodist Church to be able to shine. And the experiences that people have there especially if they're coming from a small to medium-sized church, where there's not necessarily some of the latest and greatest worship production or worship quality pieces available to them, they will experience something on a scale that they just may not have ever seen before. Right. Actually, Chris Lynch, uh, I know, was uh, at the event back when it was in North Carolina in 2007. And one of the interesting challenges of the youth event, it only happens every four years. So it is kind of hard to make sure it gets on people's radar and and people's calendars, but also it moves around the country. We try to be really fair with making travel easy for people and picking places to host it that might be easier for people from different parts of the country to be able to get to. But Chris, I, I would be really, Chris Lynch, I would be really interested to hear about your experience in 2007, and actually, if that had any kind of formational piece or inspirational piece for Revolution, which is like the annual conference event that you run for youth in South Carolina.
0: Yeah, so in 2007, I was in a local church, whereas now I'm on conference staff. So, in Revolution, I actually began in 2009 or 10. Before again, before I was on staff. So, as far as speaking directly to the connection between Revolution and the youth event, then I don't know, you know, if what that was or how much of that had an impact. I do know they're similar. Uh, in a lot of ways, although I will say that the youth event has opportunities f- for things that we have not had opportunities to do with, with our event in South Carolina, like the, the missions and emphasis and those sort of things. We've done some of that, but I, my understanding this year, that's going to be really expanded some from, from what it has been in the past. But I think one of the the greatest stories I can tell you is I know of a young person in South Carolina who attended, let's see, I guess that had been youth, I guess it was youth fifteen maybe it may have been 11, I'm not sure which one it was quite honestly, but Chris, you may remember that at the youth event, you guys did a Stop Hunger Now packing event. Yep. And there was a young person at that point who was only 12 or 13 years old, you know, still in middle school, Uh, And really just through that experience at you, what's your youth event that was, you know, 11 or 15, he really caught a heart for the ministry of Stop Hunger Now and this idea of trying to alleviate hunger around the world. And so he brought it back to his local church. His local church ended up doing a packing event. His district youth and his conference ended up doing a packing event. We ended up doing a packing event at Revolution one year and at our annual conference. And so. At last count, when I talked to him, he had been a part of packaging, like, it was some ridiculously amazing number. I want to say, like, three million meals, you know, that that all came from, and and none of those would have been packed had it not been for his experience at the Youth, I think it was 2011, Youth 11 event. And so those are the kind of things I think that kind of go, you know, we don't hear about often is the, the way it impacts not just the event at the event, but the ongoing impact it can have. Among young people, as they have these experiences that they may not have in, in their local church setting or even their college settings, I think that's the beauty of it. Is it, as you said, it's the, it's something that shows the the power of what the connection can do when we all come together and channel resources that, that we and gives. Us- youth an opportunity to experience things through the connection of the church that they might not be able to experience just to their local church?
3: Yeah, so so this year we do have a pretty big emphasis on service opportunities. We're going to do a meal packing through Rise Against Hunger to kind of meet hunger needs and famine on a global scale. We're going to do some local produce sorting for the Harvesters Food Network to impact hunger needs in the Kansas City metro area. And we're also going to be doing a school supply kit packing for the Midwest Distribution Center, which is uh, another connectional piece related to the United Methodist Committee on Relief. So that's going to be a cool element of it. We've got big room worship in the mornings and in the evenings. We bring in national-level speakers and big talent groups for that. Our main speaker is named Ramal Toon, and he'll be with us July 10, 11, and 12, presenting in the evenings. We've got Two Methodist ministers who are going to lead Bible studies in the morning. We're going to have a concert the first night with I Am They, which is our biggest name Christian artist who's coming in for the event right now. We'll have an onstage painter named Scott Erickson, also known as Scott the Painter, that'll give some of his testimony and paint live for us during the event. And then on Saturday, we're actually doing a really neat youth-led and young people-led worship service where we will have the uh, Church of the Resurrections Res Life Band come and play with us. We're going to put together a massed choir where youth from around the country will get to join together and actually sing a custom Eucharist service using the music of Imagine Dragons. We were able to get rights to their songs by talking with their production team, and they were some really, really cool folks to be able to allow us to do that. And our speaker that night will be a young man named Jeff Hansen, who is legally blind and has a presentation about Lessons from Claude, which is the name that he gave his brain tumor that made him legally blind. He started painting and wound up being really great at it and set himself a goal of raising... $3 $3 million for charity by the time he's – no, I'm sorry, $30 million for charity by the time he was 30. And he has, I think, already sold something like $4.5 million worth of paintings. They go for fifty to $60,000 a clip. And this is a young man that grew up in the United Methodist Church in the Kansas City area. So maybe beyond anything else, there, there really are these inspirational moments. There's chances for young people to discern, call, get themselves in some leadership workshops, which are kind of on the national scale of some really excellent leaders and presenters. Jeremy, I know you're going to be leading workshops both for youth and for adults as part of the lineup that's there. And beyond anything else, it really is like a specific Wesleyan theology-based event where, like I said before, the breadth and depth of the United Methodist Church shows up and young people get surprised and inspired, and it is really neat to watch the ripples and the waves that come out from the event after it's done. Yeah, the one this summer, it's July 10 to the 14 in Kansas City, and you can find a ton of information for it on youth2019.com.
1: So Audra, I know that you went to 2015, and and that was your first youth event, right?
2: I actually haven't been. I was going to take a church to, (laughs) or take my my church to uh, Youth 2015, but then I ended up moving to another position. (laughs) So I have wanted to go. It's definitely been something that, golly, I just get fired up about it. And I've seen so many people that have gone say such really awesome things that it makes me, makes me want to go.
1: I know that you weren't able to take them, but actually planning the trip and convincing a church to be part of this really awesome connectional opportunity. How did you do that? What did you say to church leadership and to students to kind of explain it and help them catch the vision for being part of an event on this scale with the United Methodist Church?
2: Yeah, it's an expensive event to travel to, and when we were looking at going to Orlando, we were looking at going from Houston, so um, either driving or flying, and I had to take it to my parent council first Mm -hmm. and get them to approve the cost of the trip, and they had some really great ideas for fundraising, and so from there, we went and took it to the rest of the youth group and the youth parents, and there was a lot of interest in it, but because we came across it with like six months out. (laughs) It was a little difficult for our families to get the finances together. Mm -hmm. This event is important and really awesome. And it's the long-term planning, which isn't everybody's strength, it's not always mine. Right, right. <laughs> to make sure that that systems are in place to make it accessible for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I know that a lot of people that I talked to while I was at Youth 2015, there was a lot of resources that were also leveraged like on the conference level. And so one um, of the things that I think churches that may be looking at doing it at this point, a really great thing would be to call your conference office and to say, hey, we have a couple of churches that want to do this. Would you help us with transportation, for example? So if you can get a couple of churches 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 to go in together on the registration stuff. Sometimes the conferences will kick in funding or help support the churches being connectional in this way by helping with transportation costs and stuff like that. I think that's an important piece. And I think too, it's important just to talk to students about what it means to be connectional, what it means to be part of of something that is bigger than yourself, your community, even bigger than your your region, your state, or, or the people that you normally get to be in community with, uh, because that's a huge part of what it means to be United Methodist. So I I guess to round us out here, Chris uh, Wilterdink, if somebody is in a church that's still looking at their summer stuff, you know, looking at taking a handful of kids to a summer event like this, what would you say to them about Youth 2019?
3: I would say that it's really worth looking at the things that are valuable in your youth ministry. Youth 2019 and national level youth events can really open a window to the wider Methodist church Mm -hmm. and give youth and adult leaders experience and leadership development opportunities that will play themselves out over the course of years. We really try hard to keep the event in the same ballpark price range as something like a week of camp or a week of mission trip or a service experience of some kind. So it's about that level of commitment. So there certainly is planning that's involved. There certainly are some costs that are involved. And we offer it not to be in competition with those right. things like weeks of camp or weeks of mission opportunities, but we offer the youth event really to be complementary to those things. That, you know, once every four years you can come together as a whole church body, learn about the incredible ministries that are happening around the world and connect young people with each other so that they can, you know, if, if they're one of two youth at a smaller church, they can figure out that they are not alone in feeling connected to a church and having a vibrant faith life. Uh, And that really builds a tremendous amount
1: of value for youth and for the church as a whole. Right. And of course, like every youth camp, there is a lot of opportunity to find future girlfriends and boyfriends, right? I mean, from all over from all over the country, the, the pool is uh, well, you know, larger. it doesn't happen during
3: the event. It's totally fine. People are more than welcome to exchange phone numbers and social media profile. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what's the website, Chris,
1: for you? Twenty nineteen.
3: The website is youth2019.com. You can find the schedule and the speakers and bios for our workshop leaders and everything like that there. We also have a pretty active Facebook group, which is great for parents and for youth leaders to check out. If you were to just look up Youth 2019 on that, you'd find it pretty easily. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram account that use that exact same handle.
1: Well, thank you so much for talking us through what it means to be connectional and and this really incredible opportunity for youth workers and teenagers. When you sit down to do your work as a youth worker, sometimes it can feel lonely, especially when you're thinking about like doing a camp and stuff You know, trying to figure out how it is that you can connect with people beyond your local church can be daunting. But you don't have to worry because that's really what Youth Worker Collective is about. When you sit down and get online to work, we don't want you to feel like you have to do it alone. That we are here with games and ideas, lessons, coaching, all of the stuff that you need as a youth worker is available on youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one on youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.